0: Okay, praise the Lord. Here we go. Uh, uh, but it, anyway, uh, uh, we're going we're gonna to look at Joseph here in just a moment. But I want to go straight to the book of Psalms just a moment to look at Psalm 20. You know, it's interesting that there's not but there's only 150 Psalms. But anyway, notice this. In your day of trouble. Now, he's not talking about we've got to spiritualize this. He's talking about going to heaven. No, he's not. No telling what we're in for today. Jesus said, "In the world, you're gonna have tribulation." Remember when we, we sing about heaven, you know and stuff. There's no be problems over there, but there's problems down here. But we don't buy into the philosophy that it makes us better people because these things are out there. Serious, they can kill you. You know, they don't bring out the best of you. you now, and God's not trying to see if we have a good attitude about it. He's here to help us. Otherwise, he. Sh- and matter of fact, in the Old Testament, he's mocking the Israelites for for claiming that they're running to idols to help them. And he said, why don't you ask me? Well, sometimes in America, all we hear is God can't do anything, and we're not supposed to ask Him, so we can get confused sometimes. But thank God we're not here. Psalm 20 says, In your day of trouble, may the Lord be with you. Well... Be with me. Well, yeah, okay, There's God's always there. No, that's not what He means. He's not just with you just to be there, and both of y'all get in trouble. No, may the God of, notice this, Jacob, keep you from all harm. And of course, the psalm goes on and on, and it's, it's nothing but you're going to be okay. But He says, keep you from all harm. Well, Jacob rings a bell, and this is so wonderful, We don't have something that you got to contact a preacher and ask him to find out. You can actually go back and read for yourself, even if you didn't have any kind of Bible belt knowledge whatsoever. If you read the Bible and were watching what you were reading, and you would, you would go, Jacob, where did I hear that from? Genesis. That's where you heard him. And you'll have heard him uh, many other places referenced. But anyway, so we'll pick up about Jacob and the God that keeps you from all harm. Uh, In Genesis here uh, chapter uh, we're going to go in with uh, starting 39 Uh, now Jacob um, has uh, 12 sons and you would have figured that out in the the previous chapters here and now one of them is named Joseph and as I believe most of us know Joseph really agitated his brothers he had these dreams and we're not going to go into detail about that because I want to keep moving but anyway they got so mad at Joseph that they they wanted to kill him. They threw him in a well, but then they saw some Ishmaelites, which are none other than just Abraham's son through Hagar. Uh, Ishmael was that son. And anyway, uh, they were, like it says here, when Joseph arrived in Egypt as a a captive of the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased from them by Potiphar, a member of the personal staff of Pharaoh. And if you keep reading there, let me expand this window. Um, He was... uh, Oh, uh, the king's, the captain, he was, excuse me, Potiphar was the captain of the king's bodyguard and his chief executioner. Man, you want to go to work for that guy? <laughs> You're already a slave already. Oh my goodness. Now, if you remember already the story, Joseph is going to get in trouble with Potiphar's wife. He didn't lose his neck though, did he? Mm-mm. You got to understand, we're people, we think, you know, like you say, it's two sides to every coin here, you know. And, I just, and if Potiphar's wife was acting like that, I bet you Potiphar knew the whole story anyway. But anyway, <laughs> but let's keep watching. Let's just watch the Lord here. This is great because remember the God of Jacob. Now, this is what's so funny is here's your first example. Jacob is this guy's dad. And also Joseph lost all his brothers because his brother's a family problem. Don't you ever come back here basically. We've seen that before. I'm never going back home. Well, in this case, he couldn't go back home. His brothers wanted to kill him, and they sold him. So anyway, so he's by himself. But don't forget, you you, you know, it's not like, well, after years and years and years and years, like the story of Moses, and I just started reading that, and we'll be getting into, into some of that in Exodus. It picks up right after Genesis. Moses, from day one, was protected because Pharaoh, Pharaoh told the um, Egyptian, um, I forgot what to call it, uh, the ladies that helped with the births, whatever. Um, but anyway, uh, said, uh, kill all of the baby boys. Oh, keep the women, but kill all of the baby Hebrew boys. And they said, we're not going to do that. But anyway, bottom line, so Moses was being protected from the start. And same thing with you and I. Okay, so anyway, he's, he's at Potiphar's house. Now, watch the details because the Lord's not trying to keep us entertained until finally we go to heaven. There's something here. The Lord greatly blessed Joseph. Now, why do I want to know that? Because he's going to greatly bless you. And you need to think about that. Because we can start feeling that woe is me, my problems today and whatever. And when we just casually just stick with the Bible, read the Bible, and believe the Bible, it's like, praise the Lord, I'm going to be all right. And you will. The Lord greatly blessed Joseph there in the home of his master so that everything he did, uh-oh, look at this, succeeded. Hmm. I tell you what, I hate working on things and all of a sudden, all the time you spent, it breaks. Still, And sometimes that still may happen, but I tell you what, I keep my eyes open and looking for, and I'll find a new one somewhere. I'll go, praise the Lord. God is interested in you, just like you as a mama or a daddy with your children. You look, when they're not looking and you see what they're interested in and you get involved. You want to do this, huh? Yeah. Now we know there's ranges and limits or whatever, but we're smart enough still to help them out. God's no different. So anyway, God greatly blessed Moses there. I mean, excuse me, Joseph. Everything he did succeeded. Look at this. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph. Well, too bad the Lord's not... (laughs) horse he's with us. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He was with Joseph in a very special way. Now, don't you dare think this was some sort of special thing. It's special because of you. Because I'm, I, really, I'm, I can get, this is the way you should treat the Scriptures. You should be very jealous here if this was just for Joseph. I mean, why do I need to know the details? I mean, God don't have enough power to, to save the Israelites? I mean, I already know that. No, that's not the story. The story is he's with you in a very special way, too, and he'll help you. So Joseph naturally became quite a favorite with him. And i tell you what, I've noticed in my own life, because I stick with the Lord, I keep getting pushed up to the front. The Lord takes care of me. I'm like, don't you want to get that other guy promoted, too, or whatever? And I mean, I'm, I'm, you start to feel a little guilty while you're getting so blessed, but... When you read about the Bible, you realize, oh, I know what's going on. And you use that to your advantage. Come on in, Gavin. We just got started. Okay. So anyway, so Potiphar noticed this and realized the Lord was with Joseph in a very special way. So Joseph naturally became quite a favorite with him. Soon he was put in charge of the administration of Potiphar's household. Of course, he didn't have but a few pots and pans, you know, and I mean a little small house. He was the chief executioner for Pharaoh. This guy had farmlands. Well, here we go in a minute. He had farmlands, he had slaves, he had everybody. And Potiphar put Joseph in charge of all of it. Why? Because the Lord was with him. Same thing with you and I, you know. The reason Gavin's getting so blessed too, the Lord's with him. It's like, oh, all of a sudden, Gavin, we don't want you doing it. We want you doing this because they realize the Lord's with him. Okay, Joseph was—he was quite a favorite with him. Okay, so he, uh, he put him in charge of the administration of Potiphar's household and all of his business affairs. Look what it says here, verse five. At once, the Lord began blessing Potiphar for Joseph's sake. You might as well slip your feet in there and say for. Uh, Myrna's sake, Bob's sake, Laura's sake, Richard's sake, all of us. All his household affairs began to run smoothly. His crops flourished. His flocks multiplied. So Potiphar gave Joseph the complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. So far, we have no indication that Joseph was a special child. He was brilliant. His IQ was, his IQ didn't have anything to do with it. We don't even have any inkling that maybe, you know, he was a good looking guy. Probably was. But the point is, is the Lord's doing all this. So Potiphar gave him complete responsibility over everything. Look at this. He didn't have a worry in the world with Joseph there. That's where you and I are today. That's why we have this story. That's how powerful the Lord is in your life and my life. I know sometimes I've gotten up before and I'm like, I don't have a problem to worry about. There must be something wrong because I remember a month ago I was scared out of my guard about a problem. But of course God took care of that one, and then He took care of that. do you remember? Uh, uh, let's see. This is 2015. Let's just all flash back for a second. 2014, something big we didn't like going on. Well, guess what? It's gone now. We made it. We're back. We're 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 in 2015 now. And if you go back even further. You know, it's like a maze through many dangers, tolls, and snares. Yeah, he did it. Praise the Lord. He didn't have a worry in the world with Joseph there, except to decide what he wanted to eat. <laughs> Can you believe this is the Bible? Yeah. This is the living Bible, but if you read this in your King James, you'll go, you know, that's exactly what it says. So anyway, Joseph, by the way, oh, yeah, there it is. It was a very handsome man. Okay. One day, here comes the woman problem. Okay. One day, about this time, Potiphar's wife began making eyes at Joseph. All right, and suggesting that he sleep with her. Now, some people say, "Well, so, yeah, the Lord did." The Lord had nothing to do with this. We, you know, we, we all the time thinking that whatever happens, it, it wasn't my fault. The Lord did this. No, it wasn't. It was this woman's fault. Okay. She started making eyes at Joseph, and if you think of it from her perspective, I mean, could you not blame her? I mean. She knows how great Joseph is. Why? I, I just might be with him. She's going about it the wrong way. Anyway, suggested that he come and sleep with her. Boy, Joseph refused. Look, he said, My master trusts me with everything, the enti- his, his entire household. There goes those blessings again. He said, Look, I, I've got everything. I've got everything but you, and I don't want you. Uh, with himself, has, uh, let's see, he himself has no more authority here than I have. He's held nothing back from me except you yourself, because you're his wife. How can I do such a, uh, a wicked thing? Well, you know what's going to happen. She's going to be a liar here. It would be, oops, I passed it. It would be, where would it go? Yeah, it would be a great sin against God. But she kept on with her suggestions day after day, and, though he, and even though he refused to listen and kept, uh, out of her as much, kept out of her way as much as possible. Uh, then one day as he was in the house going about his work, it happened. No one, else around was, no one else was around at the time. She came and grabbed him by the sleeve. You know, why, why do we have all these details? Again, your situation may be a little bit different, but I tell you what. You should always think, praise God, I'm like Joseph. I'm going to be all right. Yeah. And you that already know, you're going to be all right in jail in a minute. I mean, you, you, can't, you just cannot lose. And don't you dare. Remember, we started with Psalm 20, said the God of Jacob. So the God of Jacob didn't expire. (coughs) Jesus used that same phrase years and years later. And he says, haven't you heard the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob? And he was talking about the resurrection. He said he didn't say he was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He said he is the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Meaning that they were still alive. See, Jesus told that story to the Ah, oh, Sadducees, remember the little Sunday school thing? They were sad, you see, because they didn't believe there was a resurrection. I thought that was great. I, thank God the Baptist Sunday school teachers told me that. I thought that was great. Because we're not sad, and Jesus is not sad either. Okay, so anyway. so anyway, so here's what she does. She kept on, and he refused to listen. He kept out, kept out of her way. Then one day, as he was in the house going about his work, it happened. Oh, no. No one was around. She came and grabbed him by the sleeve. Ah, excuse me, I keep slipping past that. She came and grabbed him by the sleeve. Where did it go? Yeah, there it is. Demanding, sleep with me. I tell you, the Bible's good novels. I tell you what. I read last night. I read last night. I wanted to. I read The Song of Solomon. Oh, man. Fantastic. Didn't take long. Nine chapters. I tell you one thing about it, Jesus is not the Rose of Sharon. The Living Bible flat out tells you, she says, I am the Rose of Sharon. But see, we tried to make it look like we can't have this love relationship type stuff because that's that's unholy. No, it's not. This here was a mistake, but not the Song of Solomon. God certainly didn't have a problem with it. Adam and Eve run around without any clothes on. Gee. But see, we miss this. We think we think God is just against any kind of love, and that's ridiculous. When we when we read about Joseph, uh, Jacob the other day, he had eyes for Rachel. She was, oh, he was so in love with her. Okay, now this girl here, she's saying, "Sleep with me," and she he tore himself away. But as he did, his jacket slipped off, and she was left holding it as he fled from the house. Now remember, she's wife to the chief executioner. No telling how old she is, but it doesn't make any difference. But we know she's not just, you know, she couldn't just be a teenager. And so she can be crooked. And that's what she does here. When she saw that she, uh, uh, excuse me, that she had his jacket and he fled, she began screaming. Oh, brother. And when the other men around the place came running in to see what happened, she was crying hysterically. You mean a woman can fake it? <laughs> yeah. Gee. Anyway, and she says, my husband had to bring in this. Now, when, now, why'd she bring that up? Gee. Anyway. In the, this Hebrew slave to insult us, she sobbed. He tried to rape me, but, I, uh, but when I screamed, he ran. And he forgot his jacket. Oh, yeah, really. Anyway, she kept the jacket. And when her husband came in home that night, she told him her story. The Hebrew slave, you had tried around here, tried to rape me. I was only saved by my screams. He fled, leaving this jacket behind. Well, when her husband heard his wife's story, he was furious. And I really don't buy that. But I think for his sake, he had to do this. Because I remember, he's the chief executioner. That'd just be the end of it right there. I'd just say, well, your, your, your saddle's up. But anyway, we'll just keep on anyway we can fill in the blanks here ourselves. They threw Joseph in prison. Doggone it, you're up and now you're down. No, you're not. Look at this. The very next verses. When the king's prisoners, where the king's prisoners were kept in chains. But the Lord was with Joseph there. Boy, I wish we had that today in the New Testament. It's all over it. Look at this picture. Revelation 3.20. Written to a church. That church might as well say Richard on it because it's. It, he says... Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, so it's not just the church, it's individuals. If any man, I will come in, and he'll open the door, I will come in unto him and dine with him and he with me. Dine with him? Yeah. He's going to sit there and eat with you, stay with you. Anyway, so the Lord was with Joseph there too. Hmm. And was kind to him, granting him favor with the chief jailer. What? see this is routine this is the way it's going to be in your life the Lord's always going to keep blessing you and blessing you. you remember the next step guess where the next step is straight from jail to second in command with Pharaoh oh my goodness how could Joseph sleep with himself at night and not think boy I'm the luckiest guy in the world I am so lucky it's because I'm so handsome he knew it wasn't he, it, watch the details here because the neat details take place in fact, the jailer soon handed over the entire prison administration to Joseph. Now let me stop just a moment. When when all of a sudden you get responsibilities that seem like you're going just over my head, don't be overwhelmed. Joseph didn't do nothing but check on his shepherd brothers. His dad said, Go check up on them. Matter of fact, his dad was like, Go snoop up on them, make sure they're doing Joseph had no skills whatsoever. It was the Lord, and the Lord will give you all your skills, whatever you're doing. And I'm not talking about occupation. Sometimes we think God can only deal with occupations. With it. He'll deal with whatever you're doing this weekend or this afternoon. He will help you. You're going to be a genius this afternoon if you're doing something. i tell you, you will. So anyway, he had favor with the chief jailer. In fact, soon the jailer handed over the entire prison administration to Joseph so that all the other prisoners were responsible to him. The chief jailer had no more worries. Hint, if you are struggling today... Philippians chapter 4. It says, be anxious for nothing, right? but in everything by prayer. That's the first thing we, we throw out the door sometimes. I hadn't even prayed about it. <laughs> I feel stupid. I hadn't even prayed. Lord, would you please help me with such and such? And then all of a sudden start looking. Don't sit there and say, well, if you want to. He wants to. But bottom line is, you want him to. And he will help you. He really will. But anyways, here we go. Ah, let's see. He had no more worries after that. For Joseph took care of everything. No, it didn't say he got lucky, did it? It said Joseph took care. Now, why was that so important? Because the Lord was with him. Here it is again. Joseph took care of everything, and the Lord was with him so that everything ran smoothly and well. That's twice in one chapter. I think we got the message. The Lord will help you even in a place where they worship the sun god. You know what's funny, I was telling Dustin at breakfast yesterday, we ate and in this next this next chapter, I, I just be watching for it. Okay? The next chapter, um, next two chapters, actually, we'll get there. I'll, I'll speed. anyway, the bottom line is uh when Joseph becomes second in command to Pharaoh, remember that Potiphar's wife situation? Potiphar's still around. And Potiphar, I, I'm telling you, he knew his wife was a nut. But anyway, the first thing they did to Joseph when they made him second in command, they thought, well, we may have a little political problem here. We're going to fix this. They got him a wife and they gave him a wife. Now, that stopped that as far as the Egyptians were concerned. But guess where his wife come from? The sun god priest, it was one of his daughters. Joseph knew, didn't make no difference, you know. They stuck him over there with her or she was stuck with him. Well, let's watch what happens here. So that's 39. Here we go in 38. What happens next? No, 40. Sometime later, it happened that the king of Egypt became angry with both his chief, chief baker and his butler. This chapter's short. So he jailed both of them. Now, did you catch that? He's got a butler and a baker. Okay, one does donuts, okay, and one of them just runs the place. So he jailed them both. He got mad at them. Pharaoh did. Joseph was in the castle of Potiphar. He's still at home. See, Potiphar has his own jail. He might as well live close to where his office Captain of the guard, chief executioner. They were remained under arrest there for quite some time. Potiphar assigned Joseph to wait on him. Well, Potiphar's still his buddy, isn't he? Yep. (laughs) Yeah, I'll tell you what. Even if you wrong somebody, you know, or you're wronged... uh, I didn't do anything wrong. The Lord will work out your people problems. I've seen that. People come back to me and like, I was mad at you for a long time, Richard, but hey, just just bygones, bygones. Uh, Yeah. So what? He wrote. Well, one night, each of them had a dream. The next morning, Joseph notices that they look dejected and sad. We you don't count on God. Yes, count on God. That's the first indication as a Christian. Even if it's you, if you look in the morning and you're, boy, I look like a sad fella. Well, then pray. But if you see people that are sad, do something about it. Look what Joseph did. What in the world's a matter? Well, Joseph leave them alone. You can't. The God of Jacob will. Don't you think Joseph knew that? And they replied, well, we both had dreams, but there's no one here to tell us what they mean. Look at this! Now, Joseph, quit! You, you do not... Time out. This is 2015. We do not put God in a box. It's, if it's the Lord's will. We, just because... Uh, don't count on God to always get... That's not the way Joseph acted. Look what he said. Interpreting dreams is God's business. Joseph said, tell me what you saw. That is the same thing Daniel said. Daniel was fixing to get killed in Daniel chapter, it was two. Uh, two. Yeah, yeah, two, because Shadrach Meshach three. And Daniel said, whoa, hold up, Nebuchadnezzar. Wait a minute. Get, get, um, wait a minute. I'll tell you what it is. Well, he told his, the chief executioner to tell Nebuchadnezzar to hold up. And Daniel said, y'all pray. We're going to get this interpretation. And I mean, Daniel was flipping in bed that night because God told him what it was. And Daniel, in the end of chapter 2, he's going, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, basically. And he goes right into the king. and He says, okay, here's what you saw. Because remember, the king couldn't even remember it. Well, these guys, remember, there's the butler told his dream first. My dream, this is butler, okay, not the cook. I saw a vine with three branches that began to bud and blossom. Soon there was a cluster of, I think grapes is this. There was a cluster of grapes, ripe grapes. I was holding Pharaoh's wine cup in my hand. Remember, he's the butler, not the cook. I took the grapes and squeezed the juice into it and gave it to him drink. I know what the dream means, Joseph said. Well, how do you know? The Lord was with him. The Lord's with you too. We shouldn't be folks that are don't know. We shouldn't. Anyway. The three branches mean three days. Within three days, Pharaoh is going to take you out of prison and give you back your job again. Well, if you remember the story, it's not going to go too good for the cook. <laughs> All right, here's what happened. So anyway, and, uh, place, uh, anyway, he says, and have some pity on me when you're back in there with, uh, in his favor and mention me to Pharaoh and ask him to let me out of here. Okay? Uh, For I was kidnapped from my homeland among the Hebrews, and now this, here I am in jail when I did nothing to deserve it. Well, can you blame Joseph for saying this? It's on his mind. Matter of fact, he names his first kid from the daughter of the sun god priest. He names his first kid, uh, uh, I think it's Ephraim. No, it's Manasseh. Remember one of the tribes of Israel, Manasseh. Manasseh means to forget. And he says, God has caused me to forget all the bad things that happened. He named his son that way. His second son from her was Ephraim, I believe. And that, now I do know the name of what it means. The second name means gifts. And it was, are you going to ever quit this blessing stuff? I keep getting and getting and getting. And he named one of his sons gifts. It's just, it was overwhelmed. Why do we have the details? i tell you what, if there's anybody in this room who needs to be happy, it should be every one of us when we leave here. The Lord's going to take care of all of us. He really is. All right, back up. All right, so anyway, so he's remembering. He's saying, look, I don't don't even deserve to be in jail. Please tell, Mr. Butler, please tell Pharaoh that I did this for you. Well, this guy's going to forget for two years. The chief baker saw the first dream had such a good meaning, he told his dream to Joseph too. Uh Uh-oh, this ain't going to turn out good. It's the end of this chapter too. Watch this. In my dream, he said, there were three baskets of pastries on my head. In the top basket were all kinds of bakery goods for Pharaoh, but the birds came and ate them. Three baskets mean three days. Mm. Joseph told him now you notice he didn 't say you know i, I it 's a little fuzzy here i I, uh, uh, I think i 'm getting from the ear from the Lord, you know, yeah, yeah, uh, I mean he just knew so three days from now Pharaoh's going to take your head and impale your body on a pole, and the birds are going to come pick off your flesh ya 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 that don 't sound good. Well, of course it happened. Pharaoh's birthday came in three days. He held a party for his officials, household staff, sent for the chief butler and the chief baker. And they were brought to him from prison. He restored the chief butler to his former position, but he sentenced the baker to be impaled, just as Joseph predicted. Pharaoh's wine taster, however, promptly forgot all about Joseph, never giving him a thought. Now, why do we have that? Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's not dependent on other people. Hold on. Now remember, Joseph's still a rich guy in jail. He's head of everything. Here we go. Next chapter. We're not going to get as far as I wanted to, but but we're still going to get some great things. Look at this. One night, two years later, Pharaoh dreamed he was standing on the bank of the Nile. When suddenly seven sleek fat cows came up out of the river grazing in the grass. You know, I, I want to tell you this. I was watching a movie the other day, and this uh, phrase came up, and they weren't trying to be spiritual. It was part of our culture, our vernacular. Where does it come from? It's a story from the Old Testament seven fat cows and i thought hey i've heard that I don't know. anyway when suddenly seven fat cows came up out of the river and began grazing in the grass seven other cows came up from the river but they were they were skinny and their ribs stood out they went over stood beside the fat cows and then the skinny cows did what they ate up the fat cows well that'd be kind of a nightmare wouldn't it okay well, the next thing, it's gonna, next thing, watch this. They went over. The skinny cows ate up the fat ones, at which point Pharaoh woke up. He fell asleep again, had a second dream. This time it was corn stalks, uh, seven heads of grain on one stalk with every kernel well-formed and plump. Then, of course, here comes seven skinny ones. Then suddenly seven more heads appeared in the stalk, but these were shriveled, withered by the east. These thin heads swallowed up the seven plump well-head, uh, well formed heads. Pharaoh woke up again and realized it was a dream. Next morning he thought about it. Let's go. This is Genesis chapter 41, verse 8. Next morning he woke up, thought about it, very concerned as to what these dreams might mean. He called for himself all the magicians and sages of Egypt and told them about it, but none of them could suggest what his dream meant. Then the king's wine taster spoke up. "Uh Uh-oh! That's the butler. Today I remember my sin. Some time ago when you were angry with a couple of us and put me in prison, there was a uh, fellow down there by the name of Joseph. Oh, you put me and the baker in jail. The captain's guard, the chief baker, and I each had a dream one night. We told the dreams to a young Hebrew fellow there who was a slave of the captain of the guard? He told us what our dreams meant and everything happened just as he said. I was restored to to my position of wine taster and the chief baker, of course, was killed. Well, why do we have these details? Well, that's because here he comes. Pharaoh sent at once for Joseph. Boy, I tell you, watch this. He was brought hastily from the dungeon after a quick shave (laughs) and change of clothes He came in before Pharaoh. I had a dream last night, Pharaoh told him. None of these men can tell me what it means. But I've heard you can interpret dreams. And that's why I've called you. So what say you? Now notice what Joseph says. I can't do it by myself. Notice he didn't say, well, you know, never. He was making a point that, remember, Egypt worships the sun god. Joseph is making a point about the God of Jacob. Let me tell you about the God of my dad. Let me tell you what. He can't. Notice what he says. I can't do it by myself. Joseph replied. Let's see if he says maybe. But maybe he got no. He says, but God will tell you what it means. Boy, we have so separated the miracles of the Lord today. It's just like we don't want. I don't want I don't want to make you look bad. You're not going to make the Lord look bad. Mm-mm. Tell your friends. Tell all those people around you that the Lord will take care of you. You know. Don't worry about it. So Pharaoh told him the dream. I was standing on the bank of the Nile. He said when seven, okay, you know the story. The seven cows, the seven stalks, the seven skinny cows and whatever. Watch what he says here. Uh, Verse 20, okay, it's just a recap of this. Look at this, what he says. Now, remember, he told him, he says, I asked the magicians and they couldn't do nothing about it. Okay, both dreams mean the same thing. I mean, boy, Joseph just fired right back, didn't he? God was telling you what's going to happen here in the land of Egypt. Seven fat cows and also seven fat well-formed heads of grain means seven years of what? Prosperity. Well, we don't believe in prosperity. I mean, for crying out loud. I and mean, We don't want to get people the wrong impression. I mean, you know, that, that word shouldn't be in the Bible. It might offend some people. You can't read the Old Testament without realizing prosperity, and even the New Testament too. One day we get to heaven, it's going to be streets of poverty. No, it's streets of gold. Anyway, and the skinny cows and also the thin, skinny grain, what do they indicate? There are going to be seven years of famine followed by seven years of prosperity. So God showed you what He's about to do. That's what what Joseph says. Now remember, put yourself, you're Joseph, you just come out of prison. The next seven years will be a period of great prosperity through the land, but afterwards there's going to be seven years of famine, so great that all prosperity will be forgotten and wiped out. Famine's going to consume the land. Famine will be so terrible that even the memory of the good years will be erased. The double dream gives you double impact showing you, showing that what I've told you is certainly going to happen. Ah, uh, let's see what we got here. Certainly going to happen. Uh, let's see. God's decreed it, it's gonna happen soon. My suggestion is that you find the wisest man in Egypt and put him in charge of administering a nationwide farm program. Let Pharaoh divide Egypt into five administrative districts. I mean, boy, he's just telling him what to do, wasn't he? Well, watch the response anyway. All the excess crops in seven years we'll keep him in storehouses so there'll be enough for the seven years of famine. Otherwise, we're all in trouble. Now, remember, he come from uh, he's just come from the dungeon. Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh, and his now, now we have every indication that uh, uh, this was. That's uh, not Ramses, but it was. It was. Eh, it's going to be a couple hundred years. I'm thinking Moses. Around Moses' time, it was Ramses. But anyway, nonetheless, this was one of them. As they discussed who he should appoint for the job, Pharaoh said, "Who could do a better job than Joseph?" Now, excuse me. Wait, well, hold on, Pharaoh. This guy was in prison, and we don't know all the details. You know Potiphar; your good friends with Potiphar. Potiphar had an issue with his wife, and we, we, we don't need this. Oh, yes, you do. Who can do better than Joseph? He's the man who's obviously filled with the spirit of God. Now, boy, isn't that a New Testament thing? Jesus said the promises for you and your children being filled with the spirit. Anyway, turning to Joseph, he didn't his staff. <laughs> he, just, he was teaching his staff. This is a teachable moment, fellas. Turning to Joseph. He said, boy, you're the guy. Since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, you are the wisest. Oh, mercy. Look at this. Again, I, why do I need to know the details? Is this somehow going to tell me that somehow Jesus is true? No, I don't even need that much details for this. Since God's revealed the meaning of the dream to you, you're the wisest man in the country. I hereby appoint you, jeez, to be in charge of this entire project. What you say goes throughout all the land of Egypt. I alone will outrank you. That's where we get second in command to Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh placed his own signet ring. On, he, just come, he just took a shave. They gave him new clothes. Joseph was down there just two years prior and said, hey, make sure you tell Pharaoh I don't deserve... Oh. And here it is. This is like the prodigal. Ring on his finger, shoes on his feet. Pharaoh placed his old signet ring on Joseph's finger as a token of his authority. Dressed him in... Do we really need all these details? Yeah, I like them. Praise the Lord. Beautiful clothing. We're not even done yet. Placed the royal gold chain about his neck and declared, See, I have placed you in charge of all the land of Egypt. Now, before we go any further, speed ahead. Famine's going to strike his daddy's house and all his brother's house. And Jake, excuse me, Joseph already knows when his brothers come to get food from Egypt. He says, listen, God put me here to save your life. Tell dad and the rest of them to get down here and live in the land of Goshen. I will take care of you. We'll get to that story next week, I'm sure. Awesome story. Anyway, see, I have placed you in charge of the land. Pharaoh also gave Joseph the chariot. Wow, he got a BMW. Gee whiz. Second in command. Oh, this reminds me. I was reading the uh, Song of Solomon like I told you. Okay. In the fifth chapter... Bob, you'll like this. So listen. I have to sign it. hope you listen. Okay. The girl's writing about Solomon. And she says, he's got green carpet in the bottom of his Egyptian chariot. And he's got purple this and there. And then in the back, it's written. You can read this in the Living Bible. It's in the back. It's, in, it's embroidered in there. It says, with love from the girls of Jerusalem. <laughs> now, is not the Bible and the Lord our best friend? You know, you can sit there and, you know, Gavin may want to have this high performance car. And he's trying to get, but all of a sudden he hears somebody, well, the Lord don't want you to have. God's got this chariot that even Ezekiel thought. (gasps) And Solomon's got one that's written in the back says, all the women of Jerusalem. Well, it's actually said all the girls of Jerusalem with love. What? Gee whiz. But anyway, here we go. So he gets this chariot and Joseph gave, and Pharaoh gave Joseph the chariot of his second in command. This is where we get he's second in command. Okay, wherever he went, look at this. The shout arose, kneel down. Good night. That's Joseph's dream that he had that he told his brothers. And they were so mad about it. Five chapters before this. He's just a scrawny teenager or whatever, and he tells his brothers, I had a dream last night, and we had a bunch of sheaves, a bunch of low, whatever bales of hay, and your bales came up, and your bales bowed down to me. Even Jacob, even Jacob the dad, told Joseph, "Quick, tell them his dreams." Shh. But anyway, so we you know the story. Pharaoh gave him the second in command chariot. Kneel down. Pharaoh declared to Joseph, "I, the king of Egypt, swear that you shall what? What's going to happen? He's going to get a woman here in a minute. You'll have a complete charge over all. Excuse me, over all. Mm. Here we go. Excuse me. Yeah." You'll have a complete charge over all the land of Egypt. Praise the Lord! Excuse me. Oh, uh, there it is. Joseph. Also, Pharaoh also gave Joseph the charity. Where we got that part? Hang on, Kneel down. Hang on. Hang on. Here we go. Here we go. Verse forty-five. This is Genesis forty-one forty-five. Pharaoh gave him the meaning. Uh, gave him a name, meaning he is. He has the godlike power of life and death. Wow. Actually, this little note here. It's, it's literally the living God. Praise the Lord. That's what we have, because our God is the living God. There is no other God. The living God. He's got the power of the living God. What do we have? And he gave him a wife. I know this was all political. It's like, okay, Potiphar, Potiphar probably poked him and said, Chief, we've got to do something else, too. We need to... Anyway, so he gave him a wife, a girl named, we'll just call her Ann, whatever. Asenath, daughter of Potterera, priest of he- uh, Heopolis. So, uh, and actually, that's the sun god, a little note right there. <clears throat> so Joseph became famous throughout the land of Egypt. He was, here's, here's a reference point, he was 30 years old as he entered the service of the king, praise the Lord. Oh, let's close this out and we're done. And so Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh, began traveling across the land. Of course, now he's scared, he doesn't know what to do. Oh, are you kidding The Lord's his wisdom. The Lord's helping. Sure enough, the next seven years, there were bumper crops everywhere. During those years, Joseph requisitioned for the government. See, we know this. Look at this. A portion of all the crops grown throughout Egypt, storing them in nearby cities. After seven years of this, the granaries were full to overflowing. There was so much. Look at this. No one could keep track of the amount. During this time, before the arrival of the first of the famine years, two sons were born to Joseph. Now, watch these names. Watch them. By Asinah, we'll say, and the daughter of Potiphar. Um, no, Potiphar, not Potiphar. But anyway, priest of the sun god. Hey, well, we've heard all that. Egyptians worship the sun. Yeah, okay. Joseph named his oldest son Manasseh. Why did the scriptures say this? Made to forget. Boy, I tell you what, God will take care of your past. He, will, Of course, God, Joseph didn't know it at the time, but he's going to get to see his dad. He's going to get to see his brothers. He's going to get to see his younger brother, Benjamin. And when you see the way he treats Benjamin, man, you can tell he loved his family. But he said, God has made me to forget. Okay, he has a second one here. Oh, uh, What meant was the God made, made up for all the anguish of his youth? Will God do that for me? Well, we just did it for somebody here. And you've got his same God, the God of Jacob, God of Joseph, for the loss of his family's home. This is the end of it right here. Here we go. Watch this. And the second boy was named Ephraim, meaning fruitful, for God has made me fruitful in the land of my slavery. Wow. So at last the seven years of plenty came to an end. The seven years of famine began. Just as Joseph predicted, there was crop failures in all the surrounding countries too. But in Egypt, there was plenty of grain in the storehouses. Praise the Lord. The people began to starve. They pleaded with Pharaoh for food. And he sent them, they sent them to Joseph. Do whatever he tells you to do. So now severe famine Oh, uh, so now there was severe famine over all the world Joseph opened the storehouses and sold grain to the Egyptians and those from other lands who came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph provision 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 next chapter his daddy and his brothers are like we ain't got no food daddy y'all going down to Egypt and then watch what happens Father we thank you for your word today what a story you'll take care of us if we're not feeling good you'll take care of that what good would it be for Joseph to have died of cancer before any of this could have happen? You're the God of you're our health. You'll take care of us. And Lord, if we're struggling financially, we just watched the story here. You took care of them financially. If, if we're struggling with people problems or some other problem whatsoever, you'll get us out of that. And that doesn't leave anything left but for us to write a story about this, what you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. <clears throat> amen. Yeah, wasn't that good? <clears throat> I enjoy reading it myself. Praise the Lord.